Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Sports Show, live from Pine Bush, New York. The Mojo Sports Show is brought to you by Bay Ragney and Totally Driven Entertainment Network, dedicated in bringing you total entertainment. Today, we are live from Pine Bush, New York, doing the show. We have a busy show ahead today. We're going to be talking a lot of baseball. We're going to be talking Mets, obviously, starting the All-Star break, coming out of the All-Star break with a big 14-2 win, a 19-head attack. Could it be too little, too late? We're going to discuss it. Or do the Mets have a run left in them? We're going to discuss this today. We're going to discuss the Yankees after a tough loss, five to four yesterday. Little Chapman had a blow up in the ninth inning. The Yankees had the game it looked like, and then Chapman had a meltdown again in the ninth inning. And tough loss for the Yankees as they drop further back in the standings. Now, with a four and a half out now after the day, they got some bad news on Pineda as well. The Pineda's out for the season with a. Tommy John surgery. Now the Yankees are now four and a half out. They dropped to third place, a game behind Tampa Bay. So we're going to discuss a lot of that today. We're going to be a lot of Mets and Yankees today. We're going to go around the league. We're going to talk about the All-Star game. We're going to talk about the home run derby, which was great for Aaron Judge. Put on a show at the All-Star game and uh, at the All-Star home run derby. Put on a show. And it was, to me, Sanchez knocking off Stanton was the big thing. It would have been nice to see Stanton versus Judge in the finals. I think that would have been unbelievable. But once, once, once Stanton was eliminated, Judge pretty much cruised to the finals. So we're going to talk about that. The All-Star game, obviously the American League with an extra inning 2-1 to one win on a Cano homo off of Wade Davis. It was a good, very well-played game. I had some thoughts about the All-Star game I'm going to get into, especially how they're doing live interviews during the game while the players are fielding the ball in the field and stuff. I kind of did not like that. I know the game don't mean as much anymore. But I still, that's something I still don't like to see. I, I don't, I, I think that's making, really making a joke. It's kind of like, I know like the NBA All-Star game and hockey does that now as well. But, I, you know, to me, that's a little too much for me. Like, I, you know, let them play the game. You want to interview them while they're in the dugout, that's fine. But interviewing them while they're in the field, waiting to see if, you know, waiting a ball to be hit to them any second and they're doing an interview, I think that's a little over the top. But we'll get into that. We're going to go through the All-Star game box score, obviously. And go around the league. We're going to check the standings. We're going to look ahead to the second half. We're going to go through last night's games. So we're going to start it all off with baseball. We're also going to get into some NBA and some NHL news of the week, all the top news for the week. Rangers signing Leon Anderson, the number seven overall pick. We're going to talk about that. Basketball, obviously a lot going on. Is Carmelo Anthony going to get traded? Rumor was he was close to getting traded to the Rockets, and then the deal fell through. And now the Knicks are saying they don't know if they're going to trade him. Like, the Knicks need to just do something already. They need to 
first of all, you got to move the guy. You can't keep the guy at this point. It's time to move on. But, you know, it's the Knicks. So, you know, Knicks also talk to Knicks, the guys like Eric Bledsoe. The Knicks take on money in any deal they're retarded. You know, the fact that the, the Anthony deal ain't going through just because the Knicks can't afford to trade. They can't afford to take uh, Ryan Anderson's contract. And that Houston has to dump Ryan Anderson in order to be able to take Carmelo Anthony. So they were trying to get a third or a fourth team involved, but they haven't been able to do so. So we're going to talk about that stuff today. We're also going to talk about Mayweather and McGregor, this whole circus act that's going on here with these press conferences. It's a little, you know, a little, I want to say it's a little, it's really over the top now. It's becoming, it's becoming uh, just, who, can you really take this serious at this point? It's becoming a joke. I mean, first of all, I personally, and listen, McGregor is a, he's a character, he's funny, but does any, I don't see any chance here. I don't see how Mayweather doesn't completely destroy him. We're talking about one of the best boxers of all time. People say, oh, he runs. He's still on the best. If you ever watch Mayweather's fight, nobody even hit, barely hits him. So this guy, oh, if this guy hits him, he's going to He's not going to hit him. This is going to be a total domination of a fight and $100 for a pay-per-view, and it's, and now the, just these just press conferences are just ridiculous. I mean, I guess if you like rest, you know, wrestling, it's entertainment. As a, you know, if you like wrestling, it's entertainment, the press conference. But, I mean, it's, it's over the top. I'm, I like, I'm a wrestling fan, but I'm also a boxing fan, and, and to me it's two different things, and this is just not boxing at this point. And, you know, we can always hope it'll, it'll be a great fight and people get their money's worth, but I think a lot of people are going to get crooked out of some serious money in this fight because I don't, I don't see this being – any kind of competitive fight. I mean, you see Mayweather fight guys like Pacquiao, who are great fighters, and Pacquiao couldn't even do anything to him. So what is he going to do to a guy who's never even been in a boxing ring? The same in MMA fights. So in an MMA fight, then you could say, all right, McGregor's going to kick his butt. And I'm sure there's a million people that love to see McGregor nail him and knock him out, but it's just not going to happen. It's really not. I wouldn't be surprised if the fight goes more than two rounds. I, I, and Mayweather's not even a big punch. It's just McGregor's going to be so off balance, he's not going to have any chance in my mind. That's just how I feel about it. But we'll see. I mean, like I said, people, stupid people like myself, are still going to probably order the fight and watch it just because of the intrigue. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we can only hope it'll be somewhat exciting because I'd love to see a great fight, but it's just I, I don't see it. I don't know how it's going to happen. So we're going to get into that. We're going to have a giveaway later in the show as well. And so the phone lines are open all day to talk about anything, 718-508-9883. We're probably going to go two hours today because I'm in Pine Bush, doing a show from Pine Bush today. So it's not going to be the full three hours today. But we're going to cover a lot of stuff as always and can take some calls, 718-508-9883. So definitely call in. And like, like as always, you can call in and talk about anything, any subject, any time. So, no matter if I'm talking baseball, if you want to call in and talk football, we always roll with the punches. So whatever you want to talk about. But we are going to start off. I'm going to start off talking some baseball right now. And we're going to start off with the Yankees after a tough loss last night, 5-4, to four, a game that they seem to have going into the late innings. Obviously, one-run game late, you never feel good. But with the Yankees open, these games are supposed to be over. And, you know, Chapman, again, I you know, melting down. You know, Batantis gave him a good eighth inning, but Chapman, again, two hits, two walks, an error was mixed in there. And, you know, the Yankees lose a tough game. Obviously, uh, 
game that they felt they should have won. They were winning 4-3 in the fifth inning, and they pretty much held it until the ninth, and then Chapman became unglued. Gary Sanchez hit his 14th homer, three RBI. So, you know, to lead the Yankee attack, obviously Brett Gardner went for three with a ribby as well. But Boston coming on late, obviously they had the late innings. Beth started off the rally, then Pedroia got on. Once you've seen that happen, you kind of see what was happening. And then Bogarts hit the ground ball that was booted. Then Hanley Ramirez got intentionally walked, and then and then the then that was it. And Chapman couldn't throw a strike after they walked still in the winning run. So that that was it for them. And uh, that's the stealing the double steal in the ninth inning was huge too to make it second and third with no out because then you pretty much knew he had to strike out the side almost to get out of that, and it just didn't happen. So now the Yankees. They were looking to start the second half. They got the bad news with Pineda. They're looking to start off the second half, you know, big series. You know, they win three out of four in the series. They're, you know, they're right back, right there again. But now they're put themselves in a spot where if they lose three out of four, and now all of a sudden they're really dipping fast. I mean, the way it's been going for them. Now they're in third place. They're actually, I mean, they're still ahead of Tampa in the loss column. But now you're looking at, you know, they're a game or so, two games out of not even making a playoff. Now here's a team that was, 13, 14 games over 500 in Rome. Now they're three games over. If it wasn't for that dramatic home run by Clint Frazier before the All-Star break, they'd be one game over. I mean, so they're really, right now, and they're on a big, long road trip right now, nine-game road trip, I believe, or 10-game road. So they got big issues right now, and they need to figure it out fast with Boston here because this is the type of series that could really put you in a hole. If you, if you lose three out of four or get swept here, you know, now all of a sudden, the Boston's playing good baseball right now. And, you know, the Yankees, obviously, their pitching is a problem now with the injuries. And it's, it was a problem before the injuries. And, you know, the Yankees might be getting to the point where they just ride the course and they don't even do anything because, you know, if, to me, if I'm the Yankees, I'd probably stay the course anyway. I know a lot of Yankee fans like, go make the trades. But the, the Yankees exceeded expectations already this year. So do you want to keep going with this or do you want to – you know, try to, you know, I'd say let it play out. And, and next year, it's just a year we got all these young players. We've got a lot of positives, a lot of positives for the Yankees. I mean, a lot of good young players coming up and have played well for them. Or do you start trading a couple of these guys? Like Glover Torres is out for the year. Or Clint Frazier or Chance Adams. You trade these guys and try to get the quick fix. As we've seen, the Cubs made a big move. They traded four prospects. Two of them were their top prospects. Eloy Jimenez was one of them to get Jose Quintana. And I know the Yankees were not Quintana, but for the Yankees, they didn't make the trade. I mean, last year, they were asking the Yankees for a package with Clint Frazier and Severino in it and Torres, like two of those three in the deal. The Yankees should be happy they didn't do that. And help. And, and so I think the Yankees should still hold firm. you got some free agents. you have Darvish. You're going to have Arietta. You're going to have some guys out there after this year. So, you know, although I think more likely Arietta goes there because I think Texas will keep Darvish, but Arietta is a guy I could definitely see on the Yankees next year. And there's a couple of others. Cueto is going to be out there, another guy. So another guy possibly trade for him, maybe not have to pay as much for this year because he can opt out, which was crazy to me. He got $80 million down the bed. Yeah, he got to opt out. I, I don't see him opting out, but who knows with these guys. But big game today, 4 o'clock, Severino versus Chris Dale. So the Yankees got a tough matchup against Dale today. So Severino's really going to have to pitch a gem to outpitch uh, Chris Sale today. He's 11-4, the all-star starter, 275 ERA. So 
Severino five and four with a three five four ERA. So the Yankees really need a strong pitching performance today to have any chance against Chris Sale. So the rest of the AL East today. So we got let's see later on the Rays are at Angels at nine oh seven. Alex Cobb is J C Ramirez, and the Orioles are playing. See, the Orioles are playing at 7 o'clock at home against the Cubs, Arietta against Miley, and the Blue Jays at 6 o'clock, Lariano versus Foma. So that that's looking at the AL East. So the Yankees need to figure it out. They're going to have to do something. Right now, their team's spiraling in the wrong direction. Can they get out of it? Can they battle and, and win a tough game against Chris Bale? That's going to be the thing to watch. So, it's going to be interesting to see if they can bounce back and respond to this because, you know, facing Chris Dale today, things aren't looking good. I can tell you right now, you're going into a tough matchup, ready to lose on a tough game last night, and you're facing one of the top pitches in all of baseball. So we'll see what happens today. The Mets getting back on the winning track yesterday, 14-2, to a complete route of Colorado now. We talked on the show that the Mets should probably go in the other direction and trade some of these last year guys. Mets seem to want to, you know, fight it out and see if they could uh, come back down. If they're gonna if they're gonna go with that mentality, they have to sweep the Rockies because that is seven back of the Rockies for the second wild card in the lowest column. They have to sweep them and get it down to five quick. The Mets are gonna have to run off seven, eight, nine in a row to even start thinking about doing anything. But Good hitting last night. I mean, obviously, Conforto, 15 home runs, had four RBIs to it. Cespedes, four for six. It was nice to see Cespedes bust out finally. T.J. Rivera, a couple of hits and a home run and three RBIs. Reyes remains hot. Reyes is down on Friday, three for five, three runs scored. Especially if I'm the Mets, I move Reyes back to the top of the order and move Conforto to the middle of the order. You know, T.J. Rivera hitting fifth, even though he had a good day yesterday, it's not a deal. I would more or less rather have Cespedes is Bruce Conforto in the middle of the order and have Reyes back at the top. Cabrera also two for five with three RBIs. DeGrom pitched a good game last night. I mean, eight innings, he gave them four hits, one walk, 11 strikeouts, only one earned run. So great outing from DeGrom. Mets needed that. And you feel you can win with DeGrom right now. That's the one guy he really right now is DeGrom. But a 19-hit attack for the Mets. And uh, so let's see. I mean, the Mets had 19 hits today, and then tomorrow they come out. And, and today, I mean, last night, and then tomorrow they come out and uh, they get two hits. That's the question with SC. Well, can the Mets keep it going today? So t- today's matchup, you got, let's see, we got today on the, the Mets matchup today. Game's at 7 o'clock. You got Chatwood versus Seth Lugo. Chatwood 6 and 10 with a 4-4-2 ERA. Lugo 3 and 2 with a 4-5-9 ERA. So, this is a game the Mets could win. The Mets got a nice, you know, the pitching matchup. Lugo hasn't been good, but you might say the Mets have a little favorable matchup at home here. So, but the Mets haven't been great at home. That's the thing. They, the 20 and 24 record at home is what's killed them this year. Plus, the minus 37 run differential has killed them too. But right now, they sit 12 games behind the Nationals. They're in fourth place as Marlins 11 and a half, Braves are nine and a half. So they got a long way to go. And then in the wild card, like I said, got Arizona 53 37. You have the Rockies 52. And so the Mets are seven, well, Mets are nine and a half out, but they're seven in the loss column. But they also have one, two, three, four, five, six, or five teams ahead of them. So 
So not only are you seven games out, you got to climb five other teams because those teams, you know, feel they can make a run too. So that's got a lot of work cut out for them. But I still say the Mets should play it the right way and build for next year, trade some of these guys. I don't think this is a playoff team. You know, you still don't know when you're getting Cinderella back. You don't know when you get Hobby back. You don't know when you get Familiar back. I mean, the team's been decimated with injuries. Not many teams could overcome what they had. I mean, it is what it is. But you also got to know when it's time to move certain guys. And as much as I like some of these players, I like Bruce. He's doing great for them. Odds are he's not going to be back next year. So if a contender's willing to give you something good for him, you've got to consider it. Now, I wouldn't give these guys away for nothing. You know, make people pay like other teams make them pay. Now, Addison Reed's another guy. He's a free agent this year. He should be able to get you something. And, you know, he's a good relief pitcher. Relief pitching is very strong in this league. You see what some teams are paying for some players. So it's definitely a possibility they could do something here. You know, then you have guys like Duda. You have guys like Cabrera. You have guys like Grandison. I mean, Grandison's always good in the second half. Somebody would definitely take him for the stretch run. So there's guys to move here. It's just a question of what you're going to get and what are you going to settle for. Like, you know, I'm not helping nobody out for nothing. So I want something. I mean, listen, a guy like Duda, just give me a middle, mid-level prospect. But to me, Bruce and Reed, you got to try to get something good. I'd even put them in the same deal if they got me the right player. Like they said, Washington's really interested in Reed. They don't want to trade with Washington. But why not? If Washington's willing to give you a big prospect like a Victor Robles, I'll give them Bruce and Reed if I can get Victor Robles. I mean, and now they're saying Olsen came out this week and said he's not afraid to make a trade with the Yankees. He shouldn't be. People are like, oh, that's the Yankees' own deal. Why? The White Sox and Cubs just made a big trade. Why can't you make a trade? Because you live in the same city? Because you're worried if the other guy does good, what it's going to be like? Just, you got to make a trade with the best for your franchise. You can't worry about who you're trading with. Yankees are in the American League. There's no reason the Mets and the Yankees can't pull a deal. A guy like Duda, now listen, a guy like Duda is not going to get, it's not going to get you that much. You know what I mean? He's not going to get you that much, a guy like Duda. But, because he's a rental. But if the Yankees are willing to give you a half decent prospect, why not? Why can't you trade? Why can't you trade Lucas Duda to the Yankees? And and Duda's a perfect fit for the Yankees right now. I mean, the Yankees need a first baseman. I know they just made this little trade here. They got the kid, the kid Cooper, Cooper, Cooper from the Brewers who was hitting home, a lot of homers in the minors. But you know, three minor league, we don't know what he's going to do. He had 17 homers and 85 RBIs. But I mean, if he was so great, are they going to just give him away to Tyler Webb? So, you know, I don't think this is the, the answer. This Cooper is the answer to the Yankees. So we're going to see what happens. If I'm the Yankees, Duda, if I can get Duda for a half middle, mid-level prospect, why not? Duda lefty swing in Yankee Stadium. I know he's streaky and all, but you know what? He could be a good fit for the Yankees. So why not take a shot if you're the, you know, if you're the Yankees? Especially, like I said, he's going to come cheap. You're not going to pay a big price for Lucas Duda right now. But for the Mets, they should take anything that you get for him. Get him out of here. Get Dominic Smith up. Trade trade Cabrera or trade one of these guys. Walker, you can't trade because nobody's going to want him. But trade one of these guys and, and get something for him. Call up the Rosario. Why is Rosario still not up is beyond me. That's the most puzzling thing out of it all, that Rosario's not up. Rosario should be up right now. There's no reason he shouldn't be. So... 
We're going to hit the phone lines now. We're going to talk. Bodie from Pinebush, what's going on? Bodie from Pinebush, what's up? Hello. We lost Bodie from Pinebush. That's Floaty from Pinebush, call back. We lost you. I've seen you on there, but obviously you're not hearing me. I see your number up there and your name. But you didn't hear me, so call back. She just wants to talk about the Mets. So definitely call back when you get a chance, Floaty. And, uh, yeah, so like I was saying, so, you know, the Mets need to start moving these guys. Smith and Rosario need to get called up. Enough of it already. And by August 1st, these guys better both be on the team. This is the future. Get them the experience for the rest of this year, you know, Enough of this, you know, we, we still think we're in it, crap, okay? First of all, you got a better chance to win with those guys anyway. You, they can't do worse than what's out there right now. And Reyes is hot. She's saying, oh, Reyes is hot. That's why we're not going up. Move Reyes over. Move him to third. You got no third baseman anyway. And you got to move Cabrera. Cabrera's going to get moved. Unless you're planning on keeping Cabrera for next year to play second base, you got to move him too. What are you keeping him for? If he's gone after the year, what are you keeping him for? So these guys are all movable. The only guys that ain't getting traded are Conforto, Cespedes, that are starting right now. Conforto, Cespedes are really the only ones that should be off limits. Everybody else is fair game that's on the roster right now offensively. Obviously, Smith and Rosario ain't going any bit of future, but they're not on the roster right now. Then his room is, do they trade one of their pitches? Oh, the Astros are trying to get DeGrom. No, you don't trade DeGrom. He's your best pitcher right now. With Syndergaard out, DeGrom and Syndergaard are your two guys that you, that you should be keeping. Max, too. But Max, Max is the one guy I would part with because of his injury history, and he'd probably get some good for Max. But, you know, the room is Houston really wants DeGrom, but what's Houston going to offer? Like, that's ain't going to trade DeGrom for process. Houston's not going to give Paulus Correa for, for DeGrom. Are they going to put a package around Bregman and Derek Fisher? Because that's they're going to have to get to the table with Bregman and Derek Fisher. That's to even get to the table to start talking trade. And then they're going to have to add a big pitching prospect on top of that. If I'm the Mets, I hold DeGrom. I don't trade DeGrom. You know, obviously you can't get Harvey, nothing for Harvey anymore. But Max is a guy that if you can get a Bregman package for Max, I would consider that. Because you know what? You need to build your hitting. So Mets got pitching. Max. And I like Max, but he's really unreliable with his injury history. So he's the one guy I would put in the deal to get a, get a nice young bat back for. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, a lot going on. We got Fody again. Let's see if we can get her on this time. Fody from Pinebush, what's going on? Hi, Mojo. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Okay. Welcome uh, to Pinebush. Are you in Pinebush? Yeah, yeah, we're live in Pine Bush, New York today. Oh, good for you. Maybe that's why the sun is out. You came up here. That's it. Going on? Uh, not much. I just got up and I says, let me, um, let me just see if uh, I could get your station. And um, I didn't even realize you were on so early. Yeah, we did it earlier today because I got a party today. So doing a uh, nine to eleven today. Oh, good. So earlier start and an earlier end to the show today. 
Oh, it's ending early What's also? I'm glad I called you. Nothing. Um, just a little baseball to see. I haven't really uh, been watching too much of it, and I was just wanted like an update and everything. And I, I watched a little bit of the All-Star game, and I didn't see Conforto. He was supposed to play in it. Did he? What? The All-Star game, Conforto? Yeah. Oh, because yeah, I didn't even see him. He went one for two. Did, what side won? I didn't, because I wasn't watching it. I started watching, then I was getting, like, very confused. <laughs> uh, did the Nationals uh, side or the other side win? The American League won two to one. As uh, Cano hit a home run in the bottom of the tent to win the game. Yeah. But uh, but it was a good game. It was a very well-played game. It was a pitching-dominated game. Yeah, I figured it would be. I think that's why I was getting a little bored because, like, both – well, the pitches, uh, they couldn't really get any runs, uh, the hitters. But um, – Well, you got all the best pitches in baseball pitching, you know, that's Yeah. So that just goes to show you that the pitching controls the game, right? Pitching wins. Yeah. So, any projections with you on the Mets? You have any projections? Uh, like how are they? Uh, well, see, I, I, my prediction is they should sell the, the players that are in the last year to deal. They're not making. I don't think they're making a playoff. I mean, they're seven, yeah, right. they're seven games out. They got five teams ahead of them. I don't see. You know, they haven't showed you all year that they can make a run to win a bunch of games in a row. So, I don't see why it would happen all of a sudden. Let, let's yeah. take one more out of this all-star break and win seven, eight, nine games in a row. I mean, the season's over. you you got to start trading some of these guys and get some prospects. And all yeah, these guys yeah, I know. For nothing at the end of the year. Bruce, Reed, Cabrera, Duda, Grandison. They're all, they're not all, none of these guys are going to be on the team next year. So you got to get something for them. Yeah, but are they looking? I mean, well, that's the, the manager, are they the, looking? That, yeah. Well, you got you got to hope they are, because if they're not, there's something wrong. These guys are not going to be on the team. So if you're out of the race, there's no reason to hold them. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, how's because, uh, like I said, I haven't really been watching it too much. How's Cespedes is doing? Well, I know Degrom is last night. I mean, he wasn't doing that great because he's still fighting his way back from injury, so he wasn't doing uh, that great, but. But and uh, how how's Degrom? I know he's been pitching good. Degrom is he still doing that? Yeah, well, Degrom's the ace of the staff. I mean, DeGrom, I'm surprised DeGrom, he wasn't in the All Star game. To be perfectly honest, he could have been. But listen, when you're a bad team, I you not get more than one guy in an All Star game. So they got yeah, but I would have put him in before. I would have put him in before Comforti. Conforto. But they probably needed a hitter. They probably had enough pitchers to put in. You know, DeGrom has been uh-huh. pitching great lately, but the first month and a half, he really wasn't pitching that good. So. Yeah, but I know now he, uh, yeah, he's like on the street now. So. Okay, I'm going to keep you. I have to start checking and writing into my med diary again, I think. So I have to yeah, keep watching yeah. the game. I have to start watching the games. Maybe I'll bring them luck. Yeah. 
They well, it's nice. It's nice. You lose interest once they lose. Everybody loses interest. No, you know, I, I just haven't really been into it um, this season. I don't know why. It's not that I lost interest. Like, I'll, I'll listen to the, you know, on the news how they're doing, you know, and I always say I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to watch it, but I just haven't been watching it. <laughs> so I look, I listen to your game, your show every week just to keep an update of what's going on. Yeah. Okay, so okay. Um, welcome right, to Pinebush. So Maybe I'll see you later. Yeah. All right, and, thank um, you. You're welcome, and enjoy your show, and I hope you stay on another 15 or 20 years. Yeah. We'll stay hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll talk to All you right, later. thank you. All right. Bye. All right, bye. Bodie from Pinebush, talking some baseball. Yeah, speaking of the All-Star game, so it was 2-1 to one final, American League over the National League. Obviously, Cano hit the home run. So, Yadi and Molina tied the game with a home run, making it one up after the, Yankee, after the American League took the early lead on a Sano RBIs. So, other than that, it's two to, it was a 2-1 to one final, mostly pitched and dominated. And, uh, you know, Sale gave him two innings. The Tantas. Pitch, you know, so the, you got the chances, Vargas, Kinsler, all the really Listen, the pitching dominated the game. Santana gave up the run, the home run, but Azuna pitched the scores, and then Davinsky, Kimbrel, who they had two two runners on in the last inning when Conforto struck out, Andrew Miller, and then obviously Miller closed it out for the save, and then Scherzer started the game. You had Nishek give you an inning, Carlos Martinez, Alex Wood, who gave up the run. Renke pitches close in and Brad Hand, Holland, Jansen, and then Wade Davis obviously gave up the home run. But there wasn't much hitting to really talk about. I mean, Harper went one for one with a walk, Stan 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. Obviously, Aaron Judge went 0 for 3 with, with a strikeout, left three guys on base. So nobody really, uh, there was no real big hitting. Like I said, you had the home run from Molina, you had the RBI from Sano, and then the game winning home run from Cano. So that was Sano with Cano, that line. That was really all you had, but so it wasn't really a, a big, a lot of hitting stats to talk about in the game. But it was two to one. The hitting really came in the home run derby, obviously, with Judge just going completely nuts and just running away from the field. Especially after the first round, where he looked like he might get eliminated by Justin Bohr. When Bohr hit twenty-two home runs and then Judge responded with twenty-three, that was pretty crazy. So, and then obviously. Once Stan got knocked out, you knew it was kind of over. I didn't see anybody there that was going to beat Stan. And, I mean, and beat uh, Judge. So, to me, Stan was the only guy with a chance. So, once he got eliminated, and he was hitting some bombs, too, and he almost came back. It was like 17-2 to two he was down. And then all of a sudden, it's 17-13 and 17-16. You know, he made a nice run, Stan. He just, you seen, and he had chances. He had 30 seconds. He only hit one home run. He got tired. You see, he tied out. And uh, so... That's what happened there. And, uh, you know, Judge obviously takes the first home run derby. And listen, Judge is the talk of the town right now. Everybody loves Aaron Judge right now. So, but some of the stuff that he's the face of baseball baseball is a little ridiculous. The guy played a half the season. And I like what he's doing. I have him in my fantasy league, and I love what he's doing for me. The face of baseball. Because he's a Yankee, he's the face of baseball. 
He's he's better than Mike Trout and Bryce Harper already after a half a year. I mean, come on. Some people get a little over over the top. Let's let the guy do it for a couple of years, and then before we start calling him the face of baseball. It's it's a whole Yankee thing. It's amazing. If you play for a certain team and you do good for a little while, you become like a legend. I mean, I know listen, the Yankees have the history, but guy shouldn't be called the face of baseball. It's a little ridiculous in my mind. Right, there's not a person with everybody can sit here and say what they want. There's not a person alive that would take Aaron Judge over Mike Trout or Bryce Harper right now. A lot of people hate on Harper because of his attitude. There's not a person alive that would take Judge over Harper. And if there is, then I'm glad you're not the GM of my team. And I like Judge. I actually like him. I like what he brings to the table. He's got power. Looks like he's the real deal. But let's let him do it for a while before we ignore him in the face of baseball. To me, it's a little crazy. So we're going we're gonna to take a little break, and then when we come back, we're going to get more into baseball. And then eventually after the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to get into some basketball and some hockey, and we're going to talk about the fight as well. So I'll be back in three minutes. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from Holmes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember... $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause. www.caseyscause.com Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. 
Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stories page on Facebook. Everybody, welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. Been talking a lot of baseball so far in the first hour. I'm going to keep it going a little. Phone lines are open: seven one eight five zero eight nine eight eight three. And uh, you know, so obviously we're talking about the Mets, the Yankees. We're going to take a look at the standings around the league right now. So we're going to look at. So we got obviously Boston with a three and a half game lead over Tampa, four and a half over the Yankees. Eight and a half over the Orioles, eight and a half over the Blue Jays. Obviously, the wild card is so wide open in the American League right now. As I go through the division, I'll get into the wild card races. Cleveland with two and a half game lead over the Twins now. Three, the Royals are three back. Tigers are eight back. White Sox are nine back. Then in the West, Houston at sixty-one and twenty-nine, a sixteen and a half game lead over Texas. Unbelievable. That division's over already. And then you have the Angels, 17-and-a-half, Mariners, 17-and-a-half, A's, 21. But now you look at the wild card. So you got – I'm just going by loss column. You have Tampa Bay and the Yankees. Yankees with 42 losses, Tampa with 43. Then you have two teams with 44, Twins and the Royals. Then you have a team with 45, Texas. Three teams with 47, only four, four games out of the wild card. In Seattle, Baltimore, Toronto. And then you have the Angels, who are five out. I mean, so you have a lot of teams battling here. Obviously, as the season goes on, a couple of these teams will fade out and a couple will be in the race. But, you know, the Yankees are one of the teams right now that are fading out. Can the Twins keep it up? Royals have been playing great baseball. Tampa Bay keep this up. You know, will Toronto or Baltimore go on a run? Texas is another team you're waiting for to go on that run. The Angels now, who have hung around, now got Trout back yesterday. So can the Angels make a big run? So these are all questions that, we're going to see Seattle's been a disappointment. Everybody predict, you know, was hoping Seattle was going to really have a breakthrough year, and they didn't this year. So, then in the National League, you got Washington with a nine and a half game lead over the Braves, 11 and a half over the Marlins, 12 over the Mets, 23 and a half over the Phillies. Then the Brewers with a Five-and-a-half game lead over the Cubs, which has been a stunner in the year so far. The Brewers, 10 games over 500. The Cardinals, six-and-a-half. Our Pirates, seven. Reds, ten-and-a-half. Two and 29. 
another team that's just playing unbelievable baseball, 39-11 and 11 at home. An eight-and-a-half game lead over the Diamondbacks, 10-and-a-half over the Rockies, 23 over the Padres, and 27 over the Giants. Then you look at the wild cards. You have Arizona with 37 losses, Colorado with 40. Then you have battling behind them, you have five games back, the Braves, the Cubs for the wild card. Then you have six games back, the Cardinals, then seven, the Marlins, and the Mets. So, you know, the Rockies who have been struggling and, can the Rockies and other teams, can they keep it up? Arizona looks like they're going to keep this up. They're 33-15 and 15 at home. they got nice, good pitching. They're hitting. So, you know, the Rock, they're 101 over differential. So Arizona's not showing signs where they would fade yet. So Arizona's a team that you would think would maintain this possibly. The Rockies, on the other hand, are a team kind of going in the wrong direction that could fade. But then you have a team like the Cubs. Can the Brewers keep it up? And if they do, then you have the Cubs – so for the Mets to make a run, they'd have to overcome the Cubs, the Braves, the Cardinals, the Pirates, all these teams, the Marlins, all these teams the Mets would be battling with. To me, it's too much to ask. I start moving in the, in the other direction if I'm the Mets. It's, it's the right thing to do. It's the best thing to do for the future of your franchise. You don't take chances. You just don't take chances, and you can get something. If you can get if you Now, listen, we don't know what they're getting offered. So if they're not getting offered anything, that's a whole another story. You know, then you don't then – you, then you stay the course. But if you can get – if somebody's going to offer you something, and I think Sandy, if he gets offered something, he'd be dumb, and I don't think he would. I think he's the type of guy, he does hold out. He'll only make a deal if he rips you off. He's like one of those owners. You know, like, he, you know, even like when he made the deal for Dickie, I mean, he got – so I know it was supposed to be the big piece who he's turned into nothing. But, you know, you got him, and then you have Syndergaard, who was supposedly the throw-in of the trade, who's playing great, who's turned into an ace, although he's hurt now, but Syndergaard turned into an ace. So you have that, and then you have, obviously, the Wheeler deal that they made with Beltran. At the time, everybody loved that trade, getting a prospect. All the other guys were on the team. Manaya got Harvey, Manaya got Max. So, you know, and DeGrom. So I, I think from the Mets, like I said, I, I, I consider making selling at this point. You know, you try to milk the best deals you can. But these guys, even if you don't become a full seller, these guys you could still be all right now that's not going to hurt your team. If you trade Lucas Duda right now, that's not hurting your team. It's really not. With, you know, dude is the type of guy, he hits five home runs in a week, and then he don't hit a home run for three weeks. You know, and he can't field. You can't tell me Dominic Smith would be a huge drop-off, especially Dominic Smith's way better defensively than him now. All right? Same thing with Rosario. You can't tell me Rosario's going to come up and do worse than what they got now. I mean, that guy's hitting 220 in the lineup. These guys can add a spark, a youth, you know, a nice spark to the team by calling them up. Yeah, this guy's supposed to be a top prospect in all of baseball. What are we waiting for? So these are things that need to be established and need, and need to be done because, you know, you're trying to build for the future, but, but you also feel you have, you've got a team that could defend. you got the pitching. If you can get all these pitches back next year, you've got $85 million coming off, coming off the payroll. There's no reason you can't go out and add things you need. They're going to have holes after this year. There's no doubt about it. But you know what? They got holes because it was the team that he put together. He put together a team this year with no depth, 
and couldn't sustain no bullpen. I mean, you got guys like he went into the year where a guy like Salas playing a big role. I mean, does anybody need to see Salas anymore? The guy is not good. The guy's a five ERA. He's just not good. Every time he comes in, you know he's going to give up a run, Salas. I mean, it's just a bad pitcher. You know, these are guys the Mets pick off the scrap heap, and they think that they're, they're going to be great pitchers. They just don't want to invest in what they need to really win. You know, this is a team that had a window to win over the last two years. Obviously, injuries played a part in it, but they didn't do enough either. Yeah, they kept sets for this, but what else did they do? Last year, they traded for Bruce, which was nice. Bruce didn't hit in the second half. After they got him, he really struggled. He started hitting in the playoffs a little, and but this year, Bruce is having an unbelievable year for them. He's done their best player this year. I mean, Comforto have been their two best players. So I, I think you've got to play the role here. You know what? You want my guys. You want Reed. You want Bruce. You're going to pay. But guys like Duda, guys like Granderson, just get what you can get and move on. And like I said, you have $85 million coming off the payroll. There is no reason you can't go out and add some pieces. There's no reason you can't go out. This is why Bruce is gone. The Mets need a center fielder, a legitimate center fielder. Conforto's not going to be the center fielder next year. You have Conforto and Cespedes at the corner outfield spot. You need a legitimate center fielder. You have a guy like Lorenzen Kane out there. It would be a perfect fit for the Mets. Probably cost you between $15-$17 million per. But you've got $85 million coming off the payroll. There is no reason you can't go get this guy. Then all of a sudden, you've got a nice outfield. Then you look at the infield. You've got Smith and Rosario. You're going to roll with them. You need a second baseman. Are you going to keep Cabrera around to play second this year? Are you going to re-sign Walker? I mean, obviously, the egg in the face over the Murphy move gets worse every day that they let Murphy walk and look what he's done. He's got to become an MVP candidate once they got rid of Murphy. So you can have Murphy at second, but whatever, you got to move on. You can't keep looking back. So what do they do at second base? Do they put a combination of T.J. Rivera? Do they keep Reyes around? Do they keep, you know, is Florida going to play? Third base is another spot. Is David Wright ever going to play again? I mean, this is another thing hanging over their heads, David Wright. You know, the guy seems to not want to give up. He wants to keep coming back. So as long as he wants to keep trying, nothing's going to happen. He's still going to be there. Another thing, but they got some infielders that could play one of these spots in the second up. You can't have all these questions at second and third. You got to get an established second baseman or a third baseman. You have to. So obviously, I would love to put together a deal and try to get Manny Machado, but it'll never happen because one, the price would be probably too high for the Mets, and two, Mets will never pay him when he's a free agent. So to give up what you have to give up then for a one-year rental, the Mets would never do it. There's no way the Mets are giving two hundred million dollars. And you know, I have twenty-five-year-old third baseman, a star. I know he's having a little down year average-wise this year, but I would love to get him on the Mets. But it's the Mets. So, you know, it ain't going to happen. But the, and catch is another hole. How much longer can you go with Travis Darno? You can't really keep going with this guy. I mean, I, you know, what do they see that Darno, he's already, what, 28 years old? I mean, what do they think is going to happen? One, he can't stay healthy, and two, he's just not that good. He can't throw out base running. He's not, a, you know, as great as a hitter as they thought he was going to be. He's an okay hitter, but he's nothing special. And Rene Rivera is a backup. He should be a, a starting catcher. So you need a catcher. You need a second baseman. You need a third baseman. You need a center fielder. And then you need bullpen help. And this is assuming all the starting pitchers come back healthy next year. All this has really got some work to do, and you know why? It's on him because this is they have these holes in parts of him because he didn't fill them correctly. Last year I was on this show going nuts, 
that they should get a catcher. We love Dono. We love Dono. Well, guess what? You love Dono. Look what you got. You love Duda. We love Duda. Look what you got. We're paying we're paying Neil Walker four million dollars more a year than than Murphy's getting, or five million more a year. They could have had Murphy for. I mean, it makes no sense. Murphy's the guy who wanted to be here, so it made no sense at all. So, you know, these are moves that that could have been made and could have bettered the team. I don't want to hear Lagaris next year. The guy breaks his finger every year. Uh, you know, I'm saying that again. Every year, the guy breaks a finger. I've never seen a guy break fingers in my career. Every time he dies for a ball, he dislocates and breaks a finger. So I'm to get a real center fielder in here like Lorenz and Kane, or if you want to make a move for McCutcheon, something. McCutcheon's having a nice bounce back here. You know, so who else can you get? Unless you go make a, a major blockbuster trade and you part with one of your pitches or you part with a, 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 name, a, a, a guy you don't want to part with, like a Conforto or something, who are you going to get? Go spend the money and sign the guy an anti-team instead of trading from your team just to offset salary. And, again, you need a bullpen. You can't come in next year with, these, with, with guys like Salas or these type of guys. You can't. Salas, these guys aren't good pitchers. And even Blevins, who, who's supposed to be one of the more reliable relief pitchers, ain't doing what Blevins normally does. I mean, I was watching him last week. He's throwing 89 miles an hour. He's not even have his fastball. So, you know, a lot of a lot of struggles, and you know, right now the team's caught in a in a, in a spot like they feel like they're caught where they they think they could still make a run. I don't think so. So I would start moving these parts. And personally, I would move on from the manager as well next year. And I hope you know they're not going to use injuries again as an excuse to give this guy another extension because. Because they're not winning with this guy. I know they almost won the World Series two years ago, but it wasn't because of him. It was because of the pitching. It was because Murphy went nuts in the playoffs and Cespedes went nuts to get them in the playoffs. That's why they won two years ago. And due to throw, then due to throw, was basically uh, the team has been the same since due to throw since Harvey walked off the mound that night. Last year they made a nice little run to get in the playoffs, and then they couldn't hit against Baumgartner. Who you know was missed the playoffs. You kind of you kind of didn't feel good going into that game. So we'll see. We're going to see what happens there. But a lot a lot to happen in the next couple of weeks with the trade deadline coming. So I'm sure before then we'll be having a little trade deadline special towards the end of the month and to check all that out as well. So all right. So let me see what else we're going to move into. Some other stuff right now. Again, the phone lines are open, 718-508-9883. Let's talk some basketball. Obviously, the Carmelo rumors, the Carmelo rumors, the Rockies, the Rockets were out there, but obviously Ryan Anderson's contract needs to be picked up, and uh, nobody wants it, so they were trying to get a third or a fourth team involved, and, and they just couldn't do it. So, obviously, Carmelo's still with the Knicks. The Knicks hired a new GM. Sacramento's Vice President Scott Perry seems like another typical Knicks hire, a guy who could be a puppet. So another guy who's going to be a puppet for the Knicks. Knicks are looking to sign guys. And then uh, so we'll see what happens there. I, I personally don't think anything's going to happen with Carmelo for a while. I think eventually he's going to get traded or bought out. 
and, and then we'll see what happens with him. But obviously a lot of other rumors going on as well. Obviously Chris Paul signed, officially signed with the Rockets yesterday. They had the press conference there, so big move for them. But other rumors going around, obviously, obviously Jonathan Simmons was waived by the Spurs, signed with uh, Summit Orlando yesterday, so we've seen that. And then, uh, let's see, the Pelicans are meeting with Rondo. The rumor is they could sign Rondo. The Hawks picked up Ilyasova. They re-signed Ilyasova to a one-year deal. And Knicks exploring a trade for Eric Bledsoe. So all, all this stuff, you know, like I said, the Knicks should stay away from Eric Bledsoe. That should be one guy that shouldn't be going near. And then, uh, yeah, I, you know, to me, the Knicks are a train wreck. They need to make the, they need to make certain moves. You got to start. You got to get Carmelo out of here. You can't can't ride this out any longer. I don't know how much longer you're going to ride this Carmelo thing out. Only the Knicks can not be able to move this guy. I know he's not the same player he was, but he's still a very good player. And teams want him. There has to be a way to, to make a move here. And they seem to not want to make that move for whatever reason, whether it's money or whatever it is. But something needs to get done. You can't keep riding this out with Carmelo. Got build a team around it. And like I said on this show two weeks ago after the draft, the Knicks are going to rue the day if they pass on Dennis Smith Jr. And it's already showing. I mean, the guy looks like an old I said it. He's an old world talent, and he's looking like it. So it was definitely uh, it was definitely a little crazy that how how this all went down. That you know. That that they can't figure this out. I mean, it's just it's mind-boggling to me, you know that that they would they would pass on this all-world talent to draft a guard from France who they know nothing about. And Smith's tearing it up in the summer league. And I gotta say another thing: I can't even listen to another Lonzo Ball post or ESPN. ESPN has become a joke. I mean, all they talk about is Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball. So yeah. I can't listen to another Alonzo Ball. You would think that this guy is is like Magic Johnson. He had a triple-double in a summer league game. The guy's shot is ugly. I'm not saying the guy's not going to be a good player. He's a good passer. He's a smart player, blah, blah, blah. The guy's shot is ugly, okay? You know, I watched basketball my whole life. Guys that shoot like that never become superstar players. You, take, you give me a guy who could pull up jump shot anytime over a guy who, who has a release like that. And like I said, I'm not saying he's not a good player. He's going to be probably a, a good player. He's going to be an assist guy. You know, gets rebounds, blah, blah, blah. He's also facing some elite talent. His father put such a bullseye on his head that the expectations are through the roof now for him. So, you know, I... I I personally, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I think uh, ESPN they jump on certain guys and they just ride it to the end. Like there's like no tomorrow with these guys. So 
the expectation between his father and ESPN. I mean, every the guy goes to the, it, this is becoming like LeBron. LeBron would every step LeBron would take, the ESPN would comment. But the same thing's happening here. It's to the point where you can't even take it anymore. It's just actually nauseating. It's to that point. So, really, and that's why I don't even watch ESPN anymore. The shows they got the the six at six o'clock. Is, I mean, these shows become a joke on ESPN. And then out of so much other stuff to watch, you don't need to watch ESPN to get highlights. This, the ML, first of all, MLB networks for all the baseball highlights. But you could go to NBA TV. You could go to NHL Network, NFL Networks. Everybody knows one of the best stations out there, NFL Network. But plus, there's just so many other shows you can go to or go on the Internet. You do not need ESPN anymore. You really don't. And when they, ESPN constantly throws certain players down your throat, it becomes unwatchable. It really does. Listen, ESPN's always been the flagship station. Everybody likes ESPN, of course. You know what? It's become unwatchable. It's become unwatchable, ESPN. And now they're on the whole McGregor Mayweather kick, it's even worse. I mean that. I mean that's become a that's become a complete shit show. The Mayweather uh, Mayweather McGregor stuff. But I'm all for hype, and I'm all for fun, and having. But that it's over the top. I mean, anybody who thinks that's not an act is really is really uh, gullible. That this whole thing is an act by both of them. And deep down, they both know it's not even going to be a competitive fight. But they have to hype it up because they're charging a hundred dollars a pay per view. So they want people to buy it. So and they know McGregor's a great mouth. I mean, McGregor is great with the microphone, and he says crazy stuff and he speaks his mind. So. That you know they're using that to their advantage. But I mean, does anybody actually think Mayweather's going to lose this fight? I don't see it happening. I really don't. I don't see how it could happen. So, personally, all the hype's over the top at this point for me. I I can't even take it anymore. I can't watch it. It's unwatchable. I watched a couple of them. It was funny in the beginning, but now it's just like they're going to do this every interview now. They're not just talking about the fight. They're just going to sit there and insult each other. Now they're saying McGregor's being racist and this and that. Are you kidding me? This is all a joke. And people that are stupid like me are going to still spend the money to see it. That's the amazing part of it. I'll watch it on my fire stick for free. But it's just it's mind-boggling. It really is. that The extent that they go to with these things that... It becomes it gets to the point of nausea. That that's where it gets. So we'll see what happens there. You know, like we'll talk about that fight more as we get closer to it and stuff. But you know, I, I, it's become to the point where I can't even watch it anymore. I can't watch the highlights. Same thing. Like I can't watch them talk about Lonzo Ball, and I can't watch them just talk about certain things. I just can't. It, it, it got to that point with me with certain things, with ESPN. So, ESPN, enough. Please move on. Start talking about sports, the things that actually matter, that people care about. So, and I'll be right back to talk some more. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Mojo Sports. I don't know what happened there for a second, but welcome back. I, I put on the game because we're getting ready pretty soon for football, and that's PDV. We'll be back again doing the football on football Sundays. Speaking of football, we have a, spoke, a, a new football show. It's been on the last few weeks on Sunday mornings. You guys might want to check out, and it's a great show. They talk all football. They do a lot of draft stuff. And uh, it's a new show, and it's been doing well, and it's a great show on the network. So you definitely want to check it out. It's Pro Football Straight Talk. And, and I tell you, they give you they give you a lot of good stuff on the show. You definitely want to check it out. They go, they give you draft recaps. They talk to go around the NFL. We're going to be doing some stuff together as well with them. I'm going to be doing some stuff with them. You know, we're going to do something for the magazine together and uh, doing a lot of predictions and stuff. So definitely, uh, definitely give these guys a, give these guys a look. You know, this is straight football, so it's called straight football. So they, really, these guys give you give you everything. So you definitely want to check this show out because uh, it's, it's every uh, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. So you want to check these guys out. They're good guys, and uh, you know, give this show. So it's another another little sports show, and I've been the only sports show. Now you got a football, an all football show, which is pretty good. So you guys definitely want to, uh, you guys definitely want to check it out. These guys, you know, like I said, they do a great job. They do draft recaps, and they've just been great for the network, promoting everybody's stuff and, you know, sharing everybody's stuff. So they've been really good for the network. So I just wanted to give them a little shout out. Keep up the good work, guys. And obviously our our Magic Mike, who's doing a great job with his wrestling show as well. So I wanted to give them a little a little shout out as well. So now we got another guest. Bad man, what's going on? 
Good morning, Mr. Mojo. What a beautiful day turned out to be after the last two kind of cloudy, rainy, thundery days. Yes, yes. Finally got a nice day here. So what's going on, my man? Now, how's the weather up by you? Up here in Pine Bush, it's actually like mid-70s, so it's not too high. It's actually pretty nice out today. That's perfect. After the, sh- after the show, I'm going to go out and enjoy, start enjoying the weather a little and, uh, you know, get ready for the party and stuff today and, you know, have a good time. Absolutely. So so what's what's your take on the Yankees yesterday? I heard you, you're beginning, uh, you know, a conversation a little bit, but, I mean, I mean, are you are you in the in in the mind frame that the Cubs kind of overworked them? Oh, with Chapman, yeah. The, 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 Cubs, yes. the Cubs clearly ran him into the ground last year, and you're seeing the effects. I mean, already he was on the DL, but he still has his velocity still there. But the guy's wild. He has no command right now. Like, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, he came in the game last night. You didn't even think he and he didn't even get an out. Well, the, right, the, 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 the stat I heard earlier this morning that a Jose Yankee fan will be really disturbing. He threw 23 pitches. They believe all 23 were fastballs. And one was a swinging strike. So that means and that's, 22 and balls. And that's rare for him. It's rare for any, any, any acceptable closer. That's not, it's any closer is not acceptable for him. I mean, you have to be a guy that that doesn't draw contact. You have to be a guy that you know is, is potential for swing and misses, right? Um, just, just that's Fernando Sal. That's Fernando Salas stuff right there. Absolutely. So uh, you know, I actually you know liked the body of work Chapman was. I, I liked him on the Reds. I you know liked him on the Cubs. But you know, I, I once again I go back to that. You know, and it's probably not the only reason, but that that game, I guess it was the sixth game of the World Series last year when they brought him in up nine to two, and he threw about thirty-five pitches, and he was completely yes, yes, gassed right, and yeah. done. And, and and once again, that's what he looked like. You know, that's what yeah. he looked like. He looked, he, you know, and and because I I seen the game, I seen the end of it anyway. Right. And and I we talked about it. We didn't we talk about it when it happened that they brought him into that game at nine to two for no apparent reason. So the the, the Met Roundtable really beat up uh, um, uh, Madden for that one. Uh, absolutely ridiculous um, how he treated him, you know, almost like a robot and not a human being. Um, that was a Terry but, but Collins I, move. I do think right now um, all bad moves uh, lead to Collins, right? I think right now that the sad part is um, – I think the guy definitely, it, it, you know, has issues. He really has issues. I mean, I mean, the Yankees are a team that they're, they're, they're a great young team. They're fun to watch, but they can't give up games like that. It's not, you know, you, you give the ball to your closer, a very prominent closer, um, a, a, you know, a World Series champion. You don't expect that to happen. And more disturbing because guys, you know, look, guys blow shades all the time. It happens. Even the great Mariano, which is probably the best closer of all time in baseball, he did usually blow blow a couple of saves a year. You know, have a have a bad stretch, but the way he blew it, twenty three pitches, all fastballs, somewhat the velocity wasn't wasn't up. You know, somewhat like ninety eight, ninety seven, which for most is pretty fast for him. A couple of ticks off the radar gun, um, and and only one swing and miss. 
which means to me um, his fastball, at least what they were saying yesterday, uh, his fastball looked very flat. So, so, so that's, you know, when you're throwing a 98, 99 miles an hour and your fastball looks flat, that reminds me of the guy the Mets used to have, right? He, he threw the ball 100 miles an hour and everybody's ripping it out of the park. You know, uh, it just in the major leagues, you can't just throw the same pitch and it can't have any, it can't have non movement and expect to be successful. Yeah, I mean, he's usually, when he's throwing hard like that, he's usually got the ball moving a little or he's throwing it up high where the guys can't catch up to it. I mean, his ball was all over the place last night. He couldn't even throw a strike if he wanted to last night. And that's why when well, they walked the guy intentionally to load the bases, you kind of felt like, why are they even doing that? They gotta, he can't, this guy can't even throw a strike right now. Well, you're right, but in all fairness, it's not like they cranked the ball on him either. Wasn't there an error? Well, the ball, the, there was the one error. Yeah, there was the one error. One error is a big deal to a closer. Remember, I mean, they usually don't throw close to 30 pitches. They usually don't call, throw 20 pitches in an inning, right? A good, efficient closer, you know, 15 pitches is top. You know? Or they, well, listen, uh, Yan- Yankees took his chance after giving the guy $30 million, uh, $75 million after, you know, a guy who said he, he was clearly overworked last year in the postseason. He knew the Cubs ran him into the ground, too. So, you know, and it's showing this year. The guy looks fatigued. He already hit the DL with arm issues. You know, and, you know, Betances has he looked good last night, but Betances hasn't been great lately either. Betances has been wild lately as well. So, the Yankees oh, bullpen, the Yankees. and Cliff has been terrible. And the Yankees bullpen is supposed to be one of their strengths, and it, it hasn't well, been. And their starting pitching ain't pitching good, and they're injured now. So, look, you know, the Yankees got issues right now, major issues they got. We've seen enough of Clifford to know what he is. And I can't say it's not unexpected what, what he's doing. You know, he, you know, he's a flash in the pants. But I tell you, you know what the interesting thing is, as a baseball man, Cubs let – did the Cubs even bid on uh, Chapman in the offseason? I think they were interested, but they were never willing to go to that price. You know, they they went. I think they, didn't they make didn't they make a trade before they even he signed with the Yankees? Didn't they get Wade Davis even before he signed with the I Yankees? So. Or they signed with? I, I think they got Wade Davis, Davis before he even officially signed. Maybe they figured he was I, out of their price range. I thought it was a very weak attempt, and I think because they knew they overworked him. I think they seen something in the World Series. That's my point. Yeah, the Yankees, meanwhile, would they throw the $80 million at them or something? So, you know, the Yankees, listen, the Yankees, they got a big prospect for them, and then they signed them. So, you know, the Yankees did good. Well, here's a question for you. What Yankees team are we seeing now? The real Yankee team or the real Yankee team is the team we've seen the first 30 games of the season? What's reality? Well, I think, yeah, I think the Yankees, I think the Yankees played over their head for the first half, and I talked about it. Now, listen, they're going in the right direction. They got all this young talent offensively. They need to add pitching. And, and you know, as a Yankee fan, you got to feel confident the Yankees will do what they need to do to add the pitching because that's what the Yankees do, right? They'll go add players when they need them. I don't know. I don't know that that the new Yankees do that. I'm not so sure. 
I think we'll see. But, no, they're going to do it. They're going to have to do it for pitching. I want to get off Yankee talk because you know I'm not a big fan. I just happen to think he's interesting as a baseball I was, guy. I was actually just going to say, I was actually just going to say, I think you're a closet Yankee fan now. Well, look, it was already proven. You went from the Met roundtable to the Yankee roundtable here. Well, 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 look, as a baseball man, I think it's interesting. <laughs> Chapman, to me, is a very interesting player because because of the velocity he throws at, and, and he has been in the league for a while and typically not hurt. I'm, I, that's why I thought it was interesting. So it's more, you know, you could say it's a Yankee talk, but to me it's a little bit more of Chapman talk, but whatever. Look, you could pin me for a lot of things. Definitely not a Yankee fan. What do you think about the right game yesterday? I didn't see it. I was at a birthday party, Anthony's friend's party, and uh, and then we, you know, we drove up upstate right afterwards. But you know, we were watching, uh, you know, looking at the pitch by pitch on the phone and stuff. And you know, listen, they they finally hit. I mean, at least for a night, they hit. Uh, they also you know, hit against the fun. Hey, you know what? The Rockies are a team. Rockies are a team that's in the second wild card right now. So that's a team. If they think they have this dream that they're going to make a run, then that's it's the team they got to beat, right? Well, you know, you know what's funny. You know what? I tell you one thing. I am a little jealous of the Yankee fans, and and I, and I tell you the reason why. No matter what happens, and look, you don't want to lose a game like that last night. You don't want to lose the way you lost. You don't want to lose to that team. I mean, it's a horror scene. However. However, um, I tell you one thing: it's fun to be a fan when your team is involved in a pennant race. No matter what the Yankees do, they'll be involved somewhat in the pennant in the pennant race, right? No matter what they do, yeah, and, and that's fun, right? Well, yeah, and, and listen, like you said, the Yankees are the type of they they got excitement with these young players. They're a type of team. They'll go make moves if they need to make them. And, you know, it's a different environment than a Mets or a Mets fan. A Mets fan, a Mets fan is always living in stress, a stressed life. It really is. Yeah, you got to admit it, right? I, I agree with you completely, but the reason we live in a stressed life is because, I, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm proud to say, but I'm, I'm in my mid to almost upper 40s. And I seen one championship, one, and only a handful of times making it to the World Series. In yeah. you know, let's say my first five years, I didn't pay attention to baseball, but at five years old, six years old, I, I did. So you're talking about forty years. I have one championship, and a handful, literally a handful of. Uh, of, uh, you know, playoff first. Playoff first, yeah. So, you yeah, know. Listen, it's a rough it's life. A it's a rough life to be a Mets fan. <laughs> and and I'll tell you this. I mean, everybody feels bad for Kansas City and the Cubs and all this. You know what? We also have something else that is pretty unique in, in our town. We call it a metropolitan area, right? And the unique thing is we have a team across town that not only is a better team than us and a better franchise, but they're the best baseball franchise in history, the most successful baseball franchise in history, and the most popular sports franchise ever in the world. You can go anywhere, yeah. you know, in the world. I've been to Italy. I've been, I've been to 
to, to the islands. I've been to Mexico. I've been to, to uh, Bermuda. And people have Yankee hats on. Nobody has any other hat. So, so we're competing with the best of the best of the best when you're talking about franchises. When you're talking about popularity. Right. So I think that adds to our pain. I really do. And when you listen, when you win 27 World Series, you're going to have that type of mystique, you know? Absolutely. And when you're losing, you know, a franchise, you're not going to have that mystique. And, you know, unfortunately for the Mets and the Mets fans, the Mets haven't been, you know, they don't, Mets never, the Mets' biggest issue is they never sustain success. If they're good, it never lasts. And that's a credit, that's, falls to me on ownership and, you know, front office because there's no reason you shouldn't maintain. Why can't you well, maintain what you got? Well, well, I, I agree with you with the teams in the early 2000s, sort of. Uh, I, I mean, if you want, we can go, let, let's take two minutes to go through the progression. So, so well, let's go backwards. So the recent teams, yeah, I think we were close, you know, the last couple of years. I think we had a very solid team. You had a lot of injuries. And they didn't add the right pieces, so you have a bunch of both. I think the, the, the next, you know, group that I thought were really good was 2001, 2006, I guess. And and I thought we could have sustained a little bit more success, but we had a, we had a very aged team. It was a very aged team. I think in the early 2000s, when you think of that team that Bobby Valentine brought to the World Series, and I'm going to say Bobby Valentine because it's amazing how that team got to the World Series is incredible. It hats off to that guy. I mean, you know, whether you like him or not, he's he's the most successful manager as in the amount of talent he had and how far he went, right? Incredible. Yeah, well, it's funny It's funny you mentioned Bobby Valentine because yesterday I was listening to the fan and Joe and Evan were doing a show from Bobby Valentine's restaurant. And uh, Bobby Valentine was talking about his days with the Mets and he's actually talking about the 2000 team that he said, you know, they was even shocked they got to the World Series, that they felt the team in 2001, 99, the team. Remember the 99 when they lost, when they made that run and then they lost on the Kenny Rogers wild pitch and all that yeah, stuff? He said the 99 team he felt was way better than the 2000 team. And then he was saying how he found out about the Piazza trade, which I found it funny. He says he wasn't involved at all, and he said he literally was in the bathroom. First, he heard he got traded to, you know, Steve Phillips asked him on the plane ride, what do you think of Piazza? And he's like, oh, I love Piazza. You know, get him if you can. And then but they had Hunley at the time too, right? But Hunley was hurt. So then he said he literally found out he was, on, he was in the bathroom doing a number two, all right, in the bathroom, and <laughs> Steve, Phillips knocked on, Steve Phillips knocked on the door in his office. And he, Steve Phillips knocked on his door and said, you got to get out right away. And he goes, I'm on the bathroom. And he goes, we just got Piazza. And that's how he found out that they got Piazza. He was in the bathroom. And then uh, he said it was very, he said he loved Hunley, but it was very uncomfortable because Hunley used to come into his office every day and say, split time with us. I could do better than him. I'm better than Piazza. Just split time with us. Let, us, let me win the job from him and all that. And, and Valentine's like, I'm, you know, I can't do that. He's a all-star catcher, you know. And then that's when they started experimenting with Hunley in the outfield, and obviously that didn't work out, you know. And then, that's why they said Hunley still never comes back to the Mets or anything. Hunley still holds bad blood over that with the Mets. And I don't know how well, you can hold bad blood well, if you got replaced well, by a Hall of Famer. Well, 
He got replaced uh, by the Hall of Famer, though. You should, no, you know. No, no, but hold on. But but you have to remember, baseball players are very competitive. Baseball players want to be the best. That's why they get to where they are, and they have a lot of confidence. And Hunley was a very good soldier for the Mets. He was one of the only players in the in the middle. Well, he's a very popular player, and he's a popular. He's very popular. We had horrible, horrible teams, horrible teams, and he was the only guy I was ever watching getting up. Right, he was the only bright spot in that lineup, and he was a tough catcher. Remember, you have to remember the young fans might not remember who, who were on the line. I mean, you know, they used to really run into the catcher. They used to really try yeah. to hurt them, really try to dislodge the ball, and, and these guys were. Big men, you know, coming in full force with a lot of velocity on a stationary target. You had to be tough. You had to be really tough. So catch He was tough. No, he was tough. He was tough. He was, he was a tough. tough. Look, he was a tough catcher. And he was a better catcher than Piazza. He could throw people out. You know, he's a better catcher. He just wasn't close to the hitter offensive player he was. Not even close. And, and they were also, they were also talking about they were also talking about how when it first happened when Piazza was struggled in the beginning and he was yeah. getting booed by the fans that the fans loved Hunley the fans were bringing signs to the field play Hunley and stuff like that so there was a lot of stuff like that going on in the beginning of the Piazza era. Well, I remember that. I remember the fans booing him. I re- remember being one of the guys to say, "Give him a break. He hit like two forty the year before, three forty the year before." Yeah, you got to give guys a chance. Now, obviously, obviously Bruce ain't a Hall of Famer, but we've seen Bruce struggle last year. Now he's settled into New York, and look at he's having a nice year, right? So not everybody uh, comes like Cespedes. Uh, well, not everybody I, comes here like the Cespedes and just goes nuts right away. Well, I also think, I mean, I mean, Bruce is an interesting character because to me, and I think I told you this, I, you know, I, I believe he's a top 20 player in the National League. At least offensively, let's say uh, overall player, not but offensively, and you know, top twenty player isn't bad, and I I hope he continues to hit because I think you know he's one of the guys they need to get rid of to get some young talent because you know they have a lot of holes, and I hope everybody continues to hit like last night because it just makes them more attractive. And you know what? As a suffering Mets fan, I still watch. You know, I still watch, and and, and at least last yeah, night painful I painful it. At least I could watch with a smile on my face last night saying, okay, there's no stress. They won. Everybody's in. It's fun to watch. Not that I watched it exclusively, but I kind of, you know, back and forth. And, you know, not that I think they have a shot at the playoff race, but it's fun to see the team win. Right now I'd like them to get to 500 and sell off some pieces and see these young guys. But I'd like them to be a little successful, you know, have a little bit left in them, a little pride, because I want to see them go, look, the Nationals was a, were a horror team like they were two years ago, and, and but you know, um, you know, I'd say you know maybe they can make a run if they were close to 500 already. But the problem is the Nationals are just so good, and the other teams, the wild card teams, are so good. I mean, it would you know they have to win like 23 out of 25 to smell anybody, right? And, and this team's not yeah. capable of it. The one the one thing I do have to say, the Nationals. Very interesting what they're going to do at the trade deadline is they have to address their bullpen. It's, it's amazing they have so many wins with that bullpen. It's amazing because they stink. Well, it's because well, of their starting pitching and their hitting, obviously. They have great hitting, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Like I said, great hitting overcomes a lot of issues if you have great hitting. Well, look, and and, and this look is at the Yankees. Listen. Yankees got no. Yankees got barely any starting pitching yet. They win the race all year because of their hitting, especially Judge well, guys like Judge. Right? The, the the funny thing is, what the Mets really need right now are the two guys they gave away: Justin Turner, who's hitting three seventy seven, and and Murphy, who's hitting three forty. If they were on the Mets yeah, right now, you're we, right. we'd be you're over. Right. We'd be, we'd be all if if Justin Turner was on third base and Murphy was at second, we would probably be uh, over five hundred and we'd have, be having fun right now. If you left everything the same, Murphy's amazing? laughing at the Mets. Every hit the Mets, every hit he gets, he's laughing at the Mets. Murphy, he's giving it to us. Absolutely, he really he's is. He's the guy that wanted to be here. He's the guy that would have gave us a discount. He's the guy that 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 was very upset getting traded, and it did probably the best thing for his career. Well, you look at what he signed for as a free agent. He signed for twelve, twelve to thirteen million a year. I mean, that's a well, bargain. You know what, you know the numbers he's putting up is a bargain. That. You could have paid a year and a half of his salary for one year of Walker. It's ridiculous. Well, with the two years, you've had Walker for two years at twenty-eight million, and Murphy got three years, thirty-six. So for eight more million dollars for one year, you could have had Murphy. And, and, and he's, and a, perennial, he's a perennial all-star. He's MVP candidate. Batting championship every year, borderline MVP, and he still can't catch a ball. But but a lot of that gets made up when you're that type of player, that type of contact hitter. And he's aggressive. Listen, when you hit, he can't when, run, but he's two thirty and driving in a hundred runs, you can live with some defensive lapses. Yeah, I mean, so so you know. You know, big big loss for the Mets to both of them. You know, you have to really look at the talent evaluators on the Mets too, because they're really horrible, really horrible. I mean, just yeah. the fact that that they didn't even want Syndergaard in the Dono trade, they wanted Dono. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Dono might not be in baseball in two years. And to, to think, if Gomez didn't feel the physical, they would have traded Wheeler and. Flores for Carlos Gomez and never got tested. Well, look, the Mets, we could go on forever. The Mets have a, a long history of horrible trades, don't they? Yeah, hold on. Hold on, Padnet. Padnet. Yes. We got a live in studio right now. Who's in studio? Christine from Pine Bush is here. What's going on, hey, Christine? Hey, Christine. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to get upset now. Don't get me upset. So, Christine, not looking looking at Anthony. Focus on the mic. Not looking at Anthony. Is he a Yankee fan? No. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, he slipped you a couple of bucks just now? Yeah, I'm no Yankee fan. <laughs> I don't know anybody else that has 42 Gita rookie cards. Hey, that's just because I'm a collector. That's not to do with the Dashed away in a vault. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so what do you think? So, going back to the other thing, would you be a buyer or a seller right now? Is, is he a Yankee fan? No, he's a Mets fan. Oh, okay. 
Padme is a diehard Mets fan. Suffering. Yeah, the Yankees threw a bad one last night. We were just talking about last night's game. He thinks Padme so, thinks uh, the Cubs overworked Chapman last year. Yeah, so. I mean, he's just not the same. He doesn't have it in him. I don't know. He's no Mariano, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, there's only one Mariano in, in there's only one Mariano maybe in eighty five years of baseball. So exactly, you know, you really, it's tough to it's like comparing somebody to Babe Ruth. You just can't. It's not exactly. fair. Mariano came in and you closed the TV and went to bed because you knew you were gonna wake up and they won. With two pitches. You know? Look, he, look, he, he was amazing, and, and you, you're never gonna get a comparison for him because one, he was on great teams. Which helped a lot, right? He was on very successful teams, which, which, which helps a, a heck of a lot. But also, you know, he had he had did great stuff on a big market, on a big stage, on the most successful franchise in history. I mean, you can't – and he won all the championships. So, you know, hats off to him. But it, you can't compare people to him because that's not only once-in-a-lifetime player. That's, 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 that's once in base. I don't think there's another closer of baseball history. And it's hard to compare to because, because prior to – 30 years ago, they weren't the closes like they are today. So it's hard to compare. Right. But they're definitely, definitely in, in the history of baseball. And I just took a trip to the Hall of Fame, and I've and I seen a lot of the stats. There's nobody in history like that guy. Not even close. And almost I want to go to uh, – where did you go, Cooperstown? I want to go up there. I want to go to Cooperstown. Yeah, he went a couple of weeks ago. Oh, well, we should go. We should do that. That would be fun. Yeah, we need a trip. Um. I think it's a it's a great you know I, I was talking to uh, a Mojo and and I think it's a great two day you know one one overnight or maybe two, but 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 that's about it uh, a two day overnight for the for the kids and you guys I mean it's just not all just about the Hall of Fame you know the town is cute walking around is cute you want to get ice cream go out to eat just kind of relax yeah, that's... I mean, the Hall of Fame you can spend as much time as little time as you want in the Hall of Fame I spent. I was just me and my wife, so I didn't have the kids with me. So I spent about three, three and a half hours. But, you know, you could do it. You know, the kids probably won't want to stay that long. So, you know, you could do it, you know, a little less. You could also, you buy a ticket for the day. So you could go in there, spend a couple hours, and if you want to go out, have lunch, you know, get an ice cream, and then come back and, you know, you know see some more. Yeah, that's nice. And that's actually what I did. I, I tortured my wife for about an hour and a half. And then we uh, we left. We grabbed something to eat. We hung out a little bit, and then we took a walk. And then we came back, and, and then went again, you know, for uh, you know another uh, another little bit. So, you know, especially for the kids, I think that's a you know a great thing that you could kind of go back and forth within the same day. So, yeah. That sounds like a good day. I want to do that. We should really definitely do that. I would really like to do that. And you can really do it non expensively. I mean, we stayed in a hotel right. In Cooperstown was a, so it was a little bit of money, but we were celebrating a 20th uh, anniversary. So uh-huh. we wanted to do something a little nice. But there's definitely hotels like within three or four, five miles of Cooperstown, but not in the right. town of Cooperstown, and you could stay that pretty affordable. I mean, really affordable. Like you know, you you you'll be fine. <clears throat> so it doesn't oh, have to be an expensive either. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's a good trip. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a very expensive. Let me look into that. Especially, you know, growing up in the house with two brothers that are Mets fans and a father that's a Mets fan. I was like the odd man out all the time. 
Well, I tell you, when it comes to the actual Hall of Fame where you see the plaques, the interesting thing, as a Yankee fan, you have a lot to look at. As a Mets fan, I'm done in a blink. Piazza Siva, done. (laughs) (laughs) I looked at everybody, but it's like the Mets section is very sparse. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think it's a fantastic trip. He's definitely going. I think the biggest challenge for you guys is to really get time you know, around all your schedules. I mean, that's really the biggest. That was that's, that was my biggest issue. I mean, yeah. I think if my wife didn't surprise me and kind of sandwich it in on a weekend, we weren't doing anything. I, I probably would have never went. You know, I thought that was kind yeah. of a fantastic surprise she had for me because we're always busy. And the one weekend you're not busy, I really didn't want to get in the car and drive, right? You know, it ended up being fantastic and and you know a, a little different. I've I've two girls, so. It was nice us even being in a car just ourselves to, to you know, have a conversation. Um, so the whole trip was fantastic. But I definitely recommend it. Uh, you know, it, 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 and it's so interactive and fun. For, for, I don't know I don't know if you have any kids, uh, Christine, but for, like, kids Anthony's age, little Anthony, it, it's very interactive. It's so different because this is the third time around. It's so different from when I went when I was a kid. Um, you know, it, it's just the, the young people will just love it. They have a nice mix of uh, of, of, of of very new stuff, the, the, some of the plays and some of the things they'll recognize, um, uh, and, and they mix it with some of the old it's stuff. It's good to talk stuff. to you. I have to, um, unfortunately, unfortunately, I have to go run downstairs now and prepare for Friday, but it was good to talk to you, and we're definitely oh, going to check too. that out. Have and, fun, um, have great weather. Yeah, Thank thanks, you. thanks. Hey, Padman. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Her, her, her kids are all older now, so they wouldn't probably even. It's, 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 it's probably wouldn't go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe she'll go. But uh, yeah, they're all. They're in their I they're in their twenties or or teens or twenties. High teens, twenties are kids. But uh, I yeah. To, but I, I would definitely bring a little Anthony. But look, but what happened to your show before you cut off a little bit? What happened? I don't know what happened. I had it. Maybe it's. A, I think it's a connection issue I was having. It happened. It happened twice today. I was on. I had the music oh, on, and then I. Are came you, are on. you basically saying Pine, Pine Bush doesn't have good uh, cell towers? Pine, Pine, Pine Bush ain't. Pine Bush. The connection in Pine Bush ain't that great today. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Okay. There was a little window. Okay. I get it. We're getting through it. We're getting through it. <laughs> so it's going to be a, a short show today. Probably going to cut it off after, you know, when we're done. I'm probably going to cut the show off. So you've got a lot of stuff okay. to do here. Yeah, Look, got a lot man, of stuff I'm going to okay? Um, all right, but thanks for, I, thanks for I, calling. I only, ha- I, only have, I only have one thing to say to all the viewers. I'd like the viewers to make a vote and see if they know who Adam is. Yeah. Who is Maybe Adam? Maybe we do that next week on the show. We're going to have a vote. Who is Adam from Manhattan? Does anybody know? Yeah, who, who is he, Everyone? really? I think they're going to know who he is. I don't know. The rivalry, <laughs> the Padman-Adam rivalry just started. Hey, the Padman you, you understand that Padman had nothing to do with this. This is all Adam created, you're saying? You've seen, I didn't attack anybody. Somebody came out to me and said, the view is this, the view is that. I didn't say anything. He, look, as one of my favorite movies go, he drew first blood. <laughs> well, as, I let you, as I let you go, this is what I'm going to give you on the way out. 
<laughs> I love it. Thank you. Have a great, great weekend. One party. Thank you. You too, my man. Have a good one. No match, though. Thank you. I'm from Jersey. The natural with music, the song. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Adam Padman rivalry is in full effect and as they go back and forth and uh it's gonna be interesting how this develops over the next uh the the Adam Padman rivalry. It's interesting how this develops over the next couple of weeks on the show. Although next week just that uh, programming on next week there will be no show as I'll be unavailable next weekend due to district tournaments for my son's travel team, so We'll be uh we won't be on we won't be on the air next Saturday, but we'll be back the following week and uh and it'll be near the trade deadline of baseball, so there'll be a lot going on with the trade deadline. But you can also keep up the track with all the news on the Mojo Sports page as well. And in two weeks we'll be back to the normal time slot and I'll be back to my the normal studio. So it'll be uh you know, we'll be back to we'll be starting back to normal the normal show hours as we as we get to football season, we'll be back to there every Saturday morning, ten to one, when football, as football comes. So, and then, like I said before, PDV will be coming back soon. Judo Brown will be calling in with the Giants reports. So, a lot going on. Carlise Taylor is going to be coming on to preview the football season. So, a lot a lot going to happen in football. We're going to do some stuff with the new show, the guys from the new show, the Straight Talk Football. So we're going to be doing some stuff with them. We'll be coming on each other's shows, and uh, we're going to be writing an article together in the magazine with predictions and stuff. So that's going to be fun as well. So I am going to, we are, like I said, I'm going to cut the show short today because i got a lot going on today. i got to get ready to uh, start helping out and do some stuff. i got a big party today. And uh, so but I do want to thank everybody for listening today. I know we started a little earlier today, and you know, I had a little connection problems early. Had a couple of issues, connecting issues throughout the show, but nothing major. I'm not going to last in more than 10 seconds or so. But uh, just, you know, thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for the callers. Thanks for listening. And uh, like I said, next week there'll be no show, but two weeks we'll be back to the normal time slot and uh, the normal three-hour show. And uh, we have some special guests as well. So definitely keep an eye out. Keep an eye out on the Mojo Sports page. And everybody, enjoy your weekend.